Hello and welcome to episode 1196 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, July 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined as always by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good. It is technically afternoon. It, yes. it was morning a little while ago, but now it is good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? How was your vacation? Uh, vacation was really, really nice. Uh, got away. It's usually a location that's extremely hot, too, and like we only had one day over 90. Um, literally, like the day we left, like they hit 105. Um, wow. So just really lucky, really beautiful, nice to like tune out of baseball. Um, of course, that means like the moment I got back, like I was just inundated with. Oh, yeah. I wrote four articles yesterday. Like, I just, you know, I probably were, wrote Every like, day. yeah, I probably wrote like eight, 9,000 words. Are you sure you're not 22 still? I, I feel like I am sometimes, um, or at least I'm keeping the hours. I don't feel like I'm 22. I'm fucking yeah, you, you, you have the behaviors of one in the body of, of yourself. The, the, the only thing my history degree was good for was being able to write a lot of words very quickly. Like, that is the I mean, only thing. Only thing yeah. my history degree has been useful for. We both, we both, uh, you know, have have history, have history degrees, and we write and talk a bunch, and those are probably about the only two things. You, you know what uh, it's not good for? Immac immaculate grid. I suck oh, at immaculate really? grid. I am a tro. You would think someone who loves baseball as much as me yeah. and loves history as much as me would know baseball history. I'm surprised. I really am. But I, 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 it's not the part of history I have studied. And I, I am atrocious at it. Like I, 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 I feel it every day. Like I, because I don't cheat. No. Like I, I think I have gotten it like maybe three or four times in the you know three or four weeks I've been doing it. Like it's there's always one. There's always one where I go, man, that guy for sure was on oh, the yeah, Cardinals dude. and the Jays. I like, definitely you know? some for sure's that didn't come through. I'm like, that. this is my stone cold answer, mm -hmm. so I'll put this one in and then it's wrong. Like Bob Feller for 300 wins. I didn't know he was such a loser. So mm -hmm. he get 300 wins. I'm pretty good at it, though. I, I'll, I'll brag a little bit. Uh, you know, There's nothing worth bragging about as far as that goes, but I'm pretty good at it. And I will say the OTP job really helps because creating the content, uh, looking up different players on their B refs all the time. I, f I pick up random stuff that will be viable for the next day's grid out of nowhere. And then people will be like, why did you put him? And I'm like, well, there's an OOTP card coming out of him next week. So I was fully engrossed in Chris Capuano's, uh, you know, page or something. So that's why I knew that he was available for the Brewers and Yankees like he is on today's board. And I just used him. So yeah, I love Immaculate Grid. But let's talk some news. A lot of news did happen. And then we're going to do three up, three down with some breakouts and, uh, and I, I guess, uh, you know, flops for us here in the second half. Let's start with Abisail Garcia. I changed the board on you there a little bit because I just saw some news for today about a couple rehabs starting up. Abisail Garcia is the first, and then we'll get into Trevor's story. Garcia has disappointed in Miami without a doubt. If I'm being honest, I think a lot of people kind of saw that coming. Um, you know, leaving Milwaukee, Hitters Park for Pitchers Park, kind of flawed skills already. Good, not great player going into his 30s. Like I said, he's been a stone-cold flop. Only 22 games this year of, of no good work for Abisal Garcia. Solaire's gotten on track. Ken Garcia, and are you interested in the deeper formats for Abisal Garcia once he returns? Yeah, I mean, I, he's been a good player whenever he's been healthy. Um, Except last year. Well, I guess last year he wasn't healthy, in fairness. Yeah, he wasn't you healthy. Did, you did so, use that caveat, yes. You know, like, I mean, so, like, I 
think he should return to being a pretty good player. I know he wasn't playing well when he was uh, uh, healthy earlier this year, but he was also running a 233 Babbitt. Um, yeah. 76-plate so, appearances, too. No, and not, no time for that to, like... The, the nice thing about on. Miami is they're actually good. Like, they're actually, like... I know. Like, surprisingly... Like, we've talked about, like, the Reds a bunch, like, how, like, exciting they are, and... Uh, kind of out of nowhere, and but like I don't think Miami gets enough credit for just how totally good they've agree. been in one of the toughest divisions in baseball. Um, like you know, I mean, the Phillies were in the World Series last year. The Braves are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and imagine if Avisel comes back and hits. Their biggest need is hitting. So what if he comes back and pops off? Yeah. Like how great would that be for them, let alone, mm-hmm. obviously, fantasy interest? But, uh, yeah, I think I'd take a look where I need a hitter because I just don't think he's going to be very expensive. And you can probably go get him off of waiver wires right now uh, because he was likely cut in a lot of formats because of the underwhelming performance that Avisal Garcia has put up. So I would take a look. I can't imagine that uh, they would do anything but put him right back in the lineup playing pretty much every day of, upon his return. Now, question is... Are you moving since uh, Jazz is still out or or out again, I guess, since he came back briefly? Mm-hmm. Does Sanchez go to center, Avi to right, and Soler stay at DH, right? Does that sound Ooh. right? Because Dane Myers is playing center right now. And you might be inclined to say who, and I would say that that's fair, but Dane Myers is playing He's been center. playing well. He's been, he has he's been, been playing, playing pretty well. well. Um, the question for me is... Can Jesus Sanchez actually play center? I would. Can Jazz? Brian De La Cruz can. He's no, no, played... I was I was implying that Jazz. Oh no, play center, and so they're not. I, that he never should have played center. I've I already. Ran I, I was trying to this. rile like, you up. I, I, I've already. I've already ranted about this. Like I know. I know. Never... I, was just I guess Sanchez played a few games at, at center. Um. So yeah, DLC and Sanchez can get in there. Either way, I think Dane Myers, if you're running him for any reason, like in a super deep, like an NL only, his days are numbered. He might go back to being mm-hmm. like a fourth outfielder, but his days are numbered as a starter. So so get that uh, 444 average while you can on he his probably, Babbitt. He probably goes back down. He probably does, but if if it were me, I would I would DFA Garrett Hampson and keep. Dane well, they can always up. option Garrett Hampson. Hampson's well, that's true. They, they, left, yeah, so. they don't have to DFA him. I see that. He, he does have an option left. So anyway, uh, Trevor Story is probably the more interesting of these. He's being held in a lot of spots, but there will be some availability. Uh, in fact, in NFBC, he'll be available because he was never drafted, right? In, in main events. because I, his, I can't imagine he was His injury drafted. was well, you know, uh, well in time for those, for everyone to know not to draft him. So he'll be available as a waiver bid and uh, you know i think that'll create a little frenzy for the for the week that it happens how interested are you going to be in trevor's story is it going to depend fully on this rehab or are you going to be in because he's trevor freaking story so you're in regardless i think you've got to be in regardless right like i just can't imagine there's um he is not available in any of my leagues, so that, which means he wasn't drafted in any of yeah, my uh, outside of DCs. Because um, why, why would why would you hold? Why, why would you try to hold? But there's always, I mean, how many people? I mean, how many leagues is Mondesi like? You know, yeah. still being and, rostered, and, like much less like. Frankly, you know, Ellie De La Cruz was drafted in leagues too because people thought that maybe he would. Christian Garcia Strand was drafted yeah, in a number of in leagues a as well. Like, so know, no, that's so. that's fair. But nobody took the plunge on story. 
I think because early it seemed like he might be out for the entire year, and now here he is, uh, you know, on track to maybe play for seven, eight weeks. Now, here's the thing: money's drying up everywhere. I think uh, Zach Waxman's been doing analysis on main event bidding. I don't know if this permeates across the fantasy community. Maybe they aren't following the trends of uh, the NFBC. But let's say you're running more of like the 300 max sort of range out of a thousand dollars, and you're in need of offense. Where where are you going on story? Does does he merit say a a lofty triple digit bid? Or do you take your shot at a lower price, and if people want to go crazy, you let them? I, I think I do lean toward the latter there. Where do you come out on on the bid type or the bid amount for Trevor Story? I mean, it, you have to think about. I mean, obviously, like this is different depending on your league context and size, mm-hmm. right? Like, but you know, let's say if we're talking like fifteen team leagues um, or even twelve team leagues, what prospect? is going to come up that hasn't already come up mm-hmm. that is going to be better than a healthy Trevor story. Maybe it's not that maybe it's more. Do I need the money for the churning down the stretch? Yeah. More, more than what, what story might do because we don't know, right? He wasn't great last year. I, I agree with going for him, right? Cause even yeah. in his down year, he's a league average power speed guy. He went 16 homers, 13 steals and 396 plate appearances last year for Trevor Story. So he's going to be power speed on a quality team in a good, uh, on a quality lineup at least. Yeah, at a position, a at a position that has not been easy this year. And I assume he'll go back to playing shortstop, right? So he'll gain shortstop eligibility, which has not been nearly as good of a position as we'd expected it to be yeah because he's second base Um, only outside of unless your league has some specialty rules mm -hmm. because he didn't play any shortstop last year 94 games at second 138 at short back in 21 for story so yeah that's an interesting factor as well and who are they playing at short every day right now it's they were playing Yuchang Enrique playing. Hernandez. Yeah, they, they don't but have yeah, Yuchang guy. Just came back, yeah. That's that's the whole thing. Um, they don't have it. So yeah, he will go. Story will go back there. Again, everything every situation is going to be different. I grant that. But if if I'm sitting with like 300 something and I'm kind of like my league leader in Fab, which 300 might get you there, I think I maybe I I kind of talk myself the other way. I might go more of like the 130, 150, like and because I, I still think that's enough. The rest of the way, let's say he comes back in mid-August, so you're trying to get him for six weeks, go 150 on Trevor Story, and then you have 150 for the remaining six weeks. That's still a good spot to be in, right? I, I want to have probably about 50 bucks enter, entering September. So um, that would, that's 150 in mid-August. That's definitely in line with where you'd want. So yeah. maybe you would even go up to 200 to secure Story. Yeah, I think I would. Okay. I mean, I just don't know that there's going to be that many. I mean, like, I'm trying to think of like who like the top tier of prospects. I, I was just, I was just are. looking at the leaderboards. I, like, I don't see it. Lawler maybe makes a September maybe. debut. Yeah, um, maybe someone comes out of nowhere a bit and and beats the timeline, and all of a sudden is is. And obviously, this need. depends on like what your greatest need is. Like, if your greatest yeah, well, need is like, yeah, if your greatest needs pitching, then you're probably waiting on like Ben Brown or something, somebody yeah. like that to come. Whoever up. pops so, off in the summer. But like you know. Like, like, for instance, I've got in my auction league, uh, my NFPC auction league, where I am in the top 10 overall, um, I could use some offense. Like, mm-hmm. my pitching is great, or it's pretty darn good. What kind of money um, you got? I've got $174. Okay. 
like I can reasonably put a ninety dollar bid on story when it comes up. If, if you're if you, yeah, if you're comfortable managing right. that down the stretch, and you think you can live with a bunch of weeks that are single digit bid weeks, which which you can by the way, because again, I think they're spending. This is more main event focused because that's all I have the data for. So your league might be different, but across these NFBC leagues, people are bidding more dollars. Are so things have to come down eventually, right? The money yeah. is starting to run mm-hmm. out. There was only one guy in my league last week that was bid over eighteen bucks, and it was um, Brady Singer who went for forty-two. And frankly, it was a little bit of an overpush because three dollars was the backup bid. Yeah, so, was uh, that you my main on Singer. <laughs> my main event, you know what the top bid was? Because my main event's been crazy with the bidding. It was twelve dollars. Yeah, see, this it was is the top right bid. Now. The second highest bid was eight dollars on Dane Myers, the aforementioned Dane Myers. The aforementioned. Uh, uh, I I spent five dollars on Graham Ashcraft. Uh, <laughs> like it, that league I, I like is that pickup. By the way, there are there special. there is someone in my league who has zero dollars left. Like they have, uh, I mean, I believe Mike, it. Mike, Mike the mouth has zero dollars left. Uh, I, I, like bids have been up this year. We got two single digit guys in my main, a 21, a 57, a couple more below. 100. I, I have, I have $143 in my main event left out of a thousand. And I have the third most amount of fab. Okay. I have 109 and I'm in the bottom half. That's nuts. We have a 413 and then it's 172 and below. So it's a pretty yeah. tight group. We, we so have, anyway. we have, 282, two, Dusty with 263, okay. um, me 143, that's and then... That's crazy that you're third. Only, only six people with $100 or more. Wow, that's nuts. That's nuts. So your league will dictate that. You should probably go pretty big for story, though, if, if you need offense, and that's just your biggest need, because he can go crazy for, for six to seven weeks, and that could be huge. He could flop, too, but it is going to be your best chance at getting high-impact offense based on what we know. Uh, let's talk about a couple recalls. Grayson Rodriguez is called back up, and he did debut yesterday. We weren't able to pod yesterday because uh, you don't have mm-hmm. air in your office, and if we couldn't do it before... It was eight- not, It was nine, 96, 97 degrees yesterday. and uh, Yeah, we're not doing that in the afternoon and killing you. There's no need to, to watch a, uh, mm-hmm. a, a live death on a podcast. So we punted till today, and, uh, and we're getting it done. But he did go yesterday, Grayson Rodriguez did, and it wasn't... A great outing statistically, four runs in five innings against the Dodgers. But I watched that outing. Uh, three of the runs came in the last inning. I don't really think he should have been brought back out for the sixth. I, I'm usually more for pushing guys. I think where he's been so far this year, you give him a nice dub. Not not saying he would have necessarily gotten the, the actual W, but you give him a nice outing to go off of five innings, one run against the Dodgers for Grayson Rodriguez, and you just leave it at that. Pushing him that extra inning was kind of annoying to me. And um, I, I think they made a mistake there, but he did pitch pretty well, and he was brilliant in the minors, Justin. So, do you think what what what's the likelihood that Grayson Rodriguez is a second half game changer on the pitching landscape after what he did um, in those seven AAA starts, put up a 169 ERA with 54 Ks in 37 innings, and a decent first look back so far? Grayson Rodriguez, where you at? I think he's a pretty good bet to like. I mean, if I was taking a bet on a guy that. Um, especially a rookie pitcher, like mm-hmm. to have like a real breakout in the second half. Like, I think you've got to go with a guy like Grayson Rodriguez. I mean, the top pitching prospect in all of baseball coming into the year. Um, the park is amazing. Uh, I advocated people sitting him this week because you had the Dodgers oh, and yeah. Tampa and Bay, and like, Tampa the Bay. two best teams in baseball. 
um, or at least two of the best teams in baseball. Uh, but like, I think he's a full go after this, and I think he should be rostered in every format. Um, I, I I can't imagine he's available in too many, but if for some reason, you know, or maybe someone goes, hey, I'm going to try to sell high on him before, you know, you know, like they 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 held on to him. Now they try to flip him. Now that he's back, like I I would totally buy at whatever price because I th- I think. I think he has the potential to be a top 40 starter the rest of the way. Yep. And yep. that's just really hard to find in this day, you know, in, in this in this era. Remember when we thought um, pitching was going to be really, really deep coming into Those the year? home runs, man. The home runs are up. And, and injuries. Thousand, like, oh, yeah, so injuries many injuries too. just you know, cut off like a third of the field right there. Yeah. I mean, most of the Tampa Bay Rays get, got cut off from it. So, no, you're, you're totally right on that. It has made things wild out there i don't have grayson rodriguez oh actually i didn't rank him because he wasn't called back up yet i would probably have grayson rodriguez you said top 40 that's certainly possible my ranking would probably be more top 60 i would have him in this group with like a reese olsen clark schmidt cutter crawford type and that's in the late 50s early 60s i think that's probably right in terms of where you actually rank him i yeah. just think he's got that more upside, upside than all totally. those guys like i don't think he's going to be top 40. i think he has the ability to be top 40 rest of the way yeah you, you don't um, start him there with your rank yeah um you you put him a bit lower but you know that there's there's a green arrow next to grayson rodriguez and i totally agree there i sent you my picture rings if you want to reference them at any Ooh. point during this show by the way oswald peraza was recalled now i was on the peraza train but, you know, coming into the season over Volpe, and obviously I've been proven wrong on that. Volpe is the one that's up and playing. He hasn't exactly been a god, but he has the PT, has the 13 homers and 16 steals. But Peraza is going to get another chance here. He hasn't done anything in 44 plate appearances, uh, you know, of note. That's a tiny sample. But in AAA, 12 homers, 11 steals, and an 847 OPS. How interested are you in Peraza for the Yankees? I'm, I'm pretty interested because I think Josh Donaldson's done for the year. He thinks he might be, and if you know, we usually say be careful with what players say because they're way too optimistic. If he's saying he might be cooked, then you know that something bad's going on. With is, uh, is that Josh Donaldson's Donaldson. career? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean, so too. Right, he's thirty-seven. He's going to be thirty-eight at the end of the at the end of the year. And I wouldn't um, blame him. I wouldn't blame and, him. Either. Like, I mean, he's had a plethora of injuries, and he's not like a great clubhouse guy either. He's not the guy you bring in to, to you know. Not Johnny Gomes. No. Right. No, Johnny Gomes yeah. had that that vibe. Everyone loved him. Mm-hmm. Steve Pierce seemed to have a good vibe. Teams lo- at least the AL East teams loved him. So yeah, you're right that about that with Donaldson too. So that's not gonna endear him to hanging on. So I think it could be uh Peraza's super available. Where are you getting him? You getting him on fifteens only deep and deeper, or any any twelve love if he's playing every day? Uh if he's playing every day, I think he's probably still a fifteen-teamer. Here's the thing: like, I, I mean, if you need speed, like he's yes. got speed. Like he's literally you what know, I'm about to say next. I mean, he, he stole thirty-five bases between the majors and minors last year. So, like, he's already got um, four this year in those forty-four plate appearances. For all yeah. For all so, all like, if you need speed in a twelve, I can totally understand it. Yeah. Um, the hard That's part good. is I don't know what the batting average is going to look like. Um, it could be ugly. And how much does he run if he ends up? I mean, there. I mean, are the Yankees gonna get healthy at some? I, I was gonna say, like, the Yankees have to get healthy at some point. Like, do they though? Do like, they this though? Is the Yankees, yeah. like, and um, so, what like, I mean, about- I guess he could hit high. 
Yeah, one you thing know? I'll say about him, too, is he takes walks, Peraza does. So he gets yeah, those extra on-base opportunities to steal. He has 15 total in uh, in 260 plate appearances between majors and minors. Most of those are at the minors, but still, he does run. I agree with that. 12-teamers, if you need speed, you can look at Peraza. If you're just looking for general offense, you can probably find somebody a bit better right now. Maybe even this guy. Let's transition into some call-ups. Uh, also, I just want to mention, Go ahead. Peraza's three games away from having third-base eligibility. That's huge. That. That's another reason to take a look then because that can really change how valuable he is. If you, if, if you really need speed and you can get that from third base, from CI, that's, yep. yeah. that's exactly that's exactly it. Totally agree. Uh, but this, if you just need power from the corner, you might go for this guy. We got Christian Encarnacion Strand finally called up. I know people have been waiting. There simply hasn't been that much room. Then Votto came back and he started raking. But you know what? It just became too much. So now he is called up and he's up. And where's he going to play, Justin? He DH'd yesterday, batted seventh. It was against Logan Webb, so that's righty righty. Mm -hmm. So is that encouraging that he that he batted uh, DH there? The sit with Spencer Steer. That's not going to happen very often. I mean, and this is something we're going to talk about. I mean, I guess we talk about it now. We don't need to talk about it later. Um, the Reds got to trade somebody, probably. Couple somebodies. Um, nah, just one somebody. You don't want to go trading all your depth, and then you get a couple injuries, and you're super fucked. They've got so but much somebody. depth. No, I agree. Though. I agree. So, you know, what kind of move are you looking to do? Because when, yeah, in your three down, you put Reds hitters. By the way, yeah, and 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 it's not really Reds hitters. It is a Reds hitter, or maybe two Reds hitters. Um, I'm thinking Jonathan India gets traded okay. for a starting pitcher somewhere. Um, he'd really look good in Miami Marlins uniform, um, you know, kind of shoring up the, you know, helping shore up the middle of that defense a little bit though. I mean, India's not necessarily a great defensive player or anything. Um, but neither is Luis Arise. And they're yeah, exactly. Damn day. So, I mean, they've, they've got it. They've just, there's too many bodies, um, for all these players. Now, Encarcio Strand, like, I don't think he's as safe as, you know, prospect as, you know, maybe other prospects. So, like, he could easily show in the next two weeks that he's not ready for the major leagues sure. like, if he's striking out too much. But he has made gains in strikeouts this year in the minor leagues. Um, you do wonder, you know, and you've mentioned this a few times with other guys, like, the increased walk rate, like, how much is that of teams just pitching around him? Oh, you know what? I heard more on that, too. Mm. The automatic ball system is causing a lot of it as well. Oh, okay. So it's not just that teams can be – bottom line is be skeptical of any major walk improvement from a guy who's never really walked. There's yeah. multiple reasons that it might be Sketchville. Yeah, so, I mean, I you know, he's one of those guys, like, there's not going to be a lot of guys like this. If you need power, like, he's got legit 70-grade power. Um Question is like what a strikeout's going to be like. Can your batting average take that hit? But like he should play every day. Like there's no reason he shouldn't be playing every day. So um, he's going to is our Incarnation Strand just going to give everyone a day off and like start rotate things like that? Because again, Steer's not going to be out very often. He's a stud. Yeah, I mean Steer's been playing some outfield. I think Will Benson takes a big hit. Um, sucks, dude. He's finally cooking. Yeah, I know. Um, but this is why I think like. I could see them trade two guys. Like if they trade one or two guys, all of a sudden, all the pieces fit together a little bit better. Uh, but I, I can't. I, they're not bringing Strand and Kershaw Strand up to, 
not play. He's going to play a short side. Like, yeah. No, that's, that's, um, that's definitely fair. You know what it could also hurt is supplemental Tyler Stevenson played appearances at first or DH. Oh no, that's over. That's yeah. Between Votto and Strand and Ellie De La Cruz and everything, everybody else like that, those days are gone. Um, they, especially because you know. he's just not hitting well enough to justify yeah, no. it. If he's putting Absolutely up a 125 not. WRC plus, maybe that's one thing. But no. mm-hmm. um, okay, so with Inconarcy on Strand now, what kind of do you, you you break the bank on him? Sorry, but like if you need power, I'm talking. You, you I think you break the was, bank. I think you might need to. Like I, I think, I think it's push, hard. but this kind of player type, like Mike, it's Ford risky. Got hot. I, I would be careful breaking the I bank. Picked up Mike Ford this week. He he had been absolutely blazing. Vogelbox had periods where he's blazing hot. Incarnation Strand is a better player than both those guys, but it's that same. All or nothing power. He also profile. plays in the best power ballpark. Yes, he does. In which, baseball. Like, you I mean, know how I feel about the Reds. I, I I don't necessarily agree with your Reds hitters' fate. I get your general premise, though. But yeah. I love this park. So that yeah. Look, I'm I'm gonna be interested. I just might not break the bank if my money is running low. If I'm in the big hammer position, I think I will use that hammer on this nail, meaning I have the most money by a lot. But if I'm just, you know, poor the way I am in my main event. I'm going to go with a more tempered bid on Christian. Christian. Here here becomes a big question. It's like, okay, so for instance, that auction league I was referencing, um, Mm -hmm. I need power. Like I need power more than I need speed. Do I even wait for story? Or do I just say like, here's the the dude. Because, you know, story may need the entire 20 days of the rehab assignment. So now we're we're pushing into mid August or well at least early August, um, and is Story able to play every day, or would you rather take the gamble that I mean 20, 20 days of Encarnacion Strand could be ten home runs or six home Absolutely. runs? Like like that's a big deal. Um, it's 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 a uh, you know I play more uh, for the here and now guys, so I, I, I need to find to go more for CES Christian Encarnacion Strand than I would. To wait on story because we also have no idea what story is going to be. You know, he's coming off of injury. Incarnation Strand's coming from the minors, which he's a, that makes him sketchy too, but sketchy in a different, more bankable way, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. So I would go that route. What about one of these two routes? Uh, this is a power or a speed guy. We've got Tyler Soderstrom. He's the power guy. Or Zach Geloff. He's the speed guy. Both for Oakland. Both coming up. I got to imagine they're there to play. Like, what the hell would you call these guys up for? Soderstrom is a fake catcher. He might have catcher eligibility mm-hmm. in your league, but the dude does not catch, which is great. Non-catching catchers are wonderful. This is probably going to be the only year he's ever qualified for catcher in fantasy. Meanwhile, Geloff has been the everyday second baseman since getting called up. Let's start with Soderstrom, especially in comparison to Incarnacion Strand. Is it something of a don't break the bank on CES when you can get Soderstrom for pennies or He's much more volatile in a dog shit lineup in a dog shit park. Pay the premium for Incarnation Strand. Where do you where do you line up on that Soderstrom versus CES? Um. Okay, so Soderstrom is catcher eligible in catcher eligible in Yahoo. He is not it, yeah. catcher eligible in ESPN. Okay, so he's only first base eligible. Only first base eligible in NFBC, NFBC. as well. So yeah, you know what's interesting about that. If you look at his player profile, I'm going to send you this screener. It says catcher, 
but then his eligible draft positions does not have catcher. I'll show you what I mean here. In like the bio part of it, you would think, oh, he's a catcher. And then they're like, psych. Check out that uh, one. That, that, that is teasing right there. They scammed us. So, okay. Yeah. So, where he's not catcher eligible, Soderstrom versus CES, where are we at? I mean, it's CES. I don't think it's particularly close. Um, but Soderstrom has the more safe role. I yes, mean, like, he's playing every if, day. If off you, rip. Yeah. If you tell me that one of these guys is still the everyday you know, an everyday player in the majors as of September 1st, I'm going to bet on Soderstrom. So out of a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, so like if you need the power in that kind of, uh, you know, I picked him up in a number of leagues this last week. Um, and were they all, uh, what, what was the mix of catcher eligible versus not? They were not in. Okay. So no catcher eligibility for Soderstrom and you were picking yeah. him up still. I, yeah. I, I mean, he had a, seven, 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 I think I'm for 17 bucks in my auction. Um, that out of a thousand, you know, and like I said, I need power. Um, and so, uh, you know, like it, it made a lot of sense. And, mm-hmm. um, but like it, Jelloff, um, is it Jelloff? Jelloff? I think it's Geloff. Geloff? Um, I mean, he's brother, by the way, he's the exact like he's got the exact same kind of path to playing time. But it's just a completely different profile, right? Like he's yeah, done second it. base, he's total speed, speed. You know, um, and so like he, he's already told, stolen two, stole, he's already stolen, already stolen two bases. I scooped him. Um, this is my yeah, like, pickup like, of the week. I, I need speed, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I picked him up in other leagues, like my main event league. I, I needed, uh, I need speed. I don't need, um, I don't need power. Uh, he did have twelve so, homers at AAA, but it's the PCL, so I want, I, I yeah. want. To, temper people on expecting that you're you're hoping for speed with a non-destructive batting average which it could be because mm-hmm. uh he had a 28 k rate and a 410 babip that helped him to a 304 average despite that k rate and so far in the majors it's been 31 percent on the swing and miss uh strikeout rate for yeah. that geloff they're they're um they play in vegas for their their triple A exactly, so it's it's exactly. an absolute launching pad for those who don't know. Um, so but he is I would twenty not, for twenty five on the stolen bases. At least. Yeah, he's he's fast. The A's have shown with guys like Estro Ruiz that they are willing to run mm-hmm. um, because that's the only way they can manufacture offense for the most part. So they have not figured out how to steal first. I sorry, I yeah. had to do a still steal still yes yeah, still, still trying They're to figure that one out. In, third and SBs behind Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, two quality mm-hmm. teams. Um, with 96, those two have 114 and 113. So the A's are pretty interesting there with those two calls. What about these two Pirates guys? Andy Rodriguez, another non-catching catcher potentially, but he does have catcher eligibility. And Leover Pagero, who I accidentally put as Liver Pagero. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think of these two Pirates here? Let's start with Andy Rodriguez because he got some preseason uh, love as potentially somebody who could make the team because us in the fantasy world were like, they're not going to use Austin Hedges and whoever the hell else they had backing. They around. absolutely will. But uh, Jason delay, but they absolutely will because those guys are defensive gods, but they finally cut some chaff that had been up in the majors, including my boy, Rodolfo Castro. I'm going to take an L on that one because mm-hmm. guys like Nick Gonzalez, Henry Davis, and now Andy Rodriguez uh, and Leo <laughs> Pagero are up. Rodriguez is catching, so it looks like he won't be a non-catching catcher. He's just going to catch. Mm-hmm. How much interest do you have in him in one catcher formats? Does he? Does he? Not make... much. Okay, so two catcher. How about fifteen and twelve? 
I think it becomes more interesting in two catcher leagues because so Andy Rodriguez is a good catcher, which is one of the reasons why like he I think was higher on a lot of real life prospect lists than yes. maybe in some fantasy lists, and it's I think he was a little bit too high on some fantasy lists to begin with because he doesn't really have a carrying tool in fantasy. He doesn't have prodigious power. He doesn't have a ton of speed. Um, I don't think he's going to hit for like a really high batting average. Yep. But I don't think he's going to be bad in any particular category. And so, like, he can be a viable C2 in a lot of leagues because he's not going to hurt you and he's going to help you a little bit in every category. The problem is when we talk about guys who are some of all parts, I like to kind of, you know, kind of talk about them. Mm-hmm. They need volume and you don't get volume as a catcher. No, right? that's right. true. Yeah, they need to so, be an accumulator. So it'd almost be better if Andy was a non-catching catcher because while he isn't terrible behind the dish, he does play some second and outfield, which you would hope would get that non-catching catcher. I don't think catcher. he's going to here. They're though. not going to do that, though. They have too many yeah. guys, including Henry Davis, who they've already taken out from behind the dish. Yeah. So this, Andy is up to catch. You're right. I, I misspoke there remembering some of the uh, previous things he had done outside from behind the dish. But now it looks like he's up to catch full-time with Austin Hedges backing him up. So, I mean, there is C2 viability, but don't go crazy here because I agree with you yeah. on the accumulation he, factor. He's probably – I mean, just look at the, like, projections rest away. Like, um, like ATC's got him for five home runs and a two sixty four batting average and one stolen base. Like, that's fine as a yeah. C2, especially in a 15-team league, but that's not winning you your league. Like, no. you know, what he does do, this is the epitome of a guy that should be rostered in probably every 12 and 15 team two catcher league. But he doesn't need to necessarily be on your team. He just Correct. should you be rostered. Easily have two catchers, like, especially with the infusion of catchers, right? You might have gotten in on, you know, something where Jonah Hine. Jonah Hine. Yeah, you know, Diaz. Like, I mean, I'm not draw like the questions I got were should I drop Wilson Contreras or should I drop MJ God, no. Melendez? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Yeah. Would you drop my boy Stevenson? I think that is pretty lateral, and I'd rather have the better park. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't come close to doing that. Um, what about Shea Bangliers? If you if it's a batting average yeah if the yeah. batting average is killing you then yes that is a lateral move that I think because I think a lateral move is, with a different makeup right like maybe yeah. the same dollar value but the way they get there is different exactly I, I think Lingler is going to have more power um, and probably play more um, but the true. batting when you're bat when you're playing more and that batting average is bad it actually hurts you more so That's true like That's if, true. if if batting average is an issue for you especially because of Lingler then yes I would make it. Okay, what about Leo Pagaro, the middle infielder that's coming up, uh, taking Rodolfo Castro's spot? He started at short each of his first two games, one righty, one lefty. He's a righty himself, batting ninth. You know, doesn't do anything particularly special. You mentioned how Andy doesn't have a unique carrying tool. That's the same for Pagaro, but, you know, 13 homers, 21 steals in AAA, which is in Indianapolis. Um, actually, triple and double A, pardon me. He... Uh, he did the bulk of it at double A as a 22 year old. So that tamps mm-hmm. it down a little bit. 11 of the uh, 13 homers and 19 of the 21 steals. He spent a week at triple A. They're like, you, you did well enough. Come on up. Interesting plate profile. Uh, makes some decent contact, but is Leover Pagaro making, making the grade anywhere for you? 15 teams or does it have to be even deeper than that? NL only type deal. 
no, I mean, I think he's a placeholder. Okay, um, let's not let's not spend too much time on yeah. him then. Leover Pagaro is a placeholder. Like, I, at some, G1 Bay is going to be back here pretty soon, and then we're also expecting O'Neill Cruz to be back in August at yeah. some point. So, like, I think at best you're getting maybe a month's worth of part. Like, I think I think Pagaro is a super utility guy at the major league level. Like, I don't think that he makes is sense. a. Better I don't think he is for a, sure. Yeah. Because he's especially not he's not good defensively anywhere. Really. No, no, like no. He's, not like he's uh, passable. He can he can handle it by playing everywhere, but not really want to be put and, anywhere. And, every and day. if you're one of those guys, I want you to be like Daniel Murphy, where you've got like a really good stick. And he doesn't. Yeah. He does not. I agree. That's uh, Leo. He's more John Pittsburgh. John like a little bit slower version of John Birdie. Yes. Yes, that's a good way. Maybe a little bit more pop, but still pretty underwhelming. And can occasionally spike some things. Brendan Rogers is going to go out on rehab. He's missed the whole year, so he's going to be available everywhere. I know you've never been a huge fan, but it's a piece of Colorado that you can maybe get late. Um, is there any interest in in a returning Brendan Rogers when he gets back from rehab? Well, give me one second, because I got to look something up because I do have a really big interest in Brendan Rogers if um, it means he gets enough plate appearances where our board bet is live. Oh, that's right. So um, just while you're looking that up, I will point out that he's going to take the long route. He's starting at high A. He's going to do the whole, you know, kind of take it through all the levels. Oh, and no. And we said minimum 500 plate appearances. That's right. right. Okay, yeah, so he can never get there. So, yeah, he's going to take so the no. long route. <laughs> so you don't care. Um, I do think that there should be some interest here. Let me see something real quick about their home games. Obviously, I can only get what they've got right now i don't know when he's going to be back but he only have 20 days in, in on a rematch. yeah so he's got to come back up at some point they've played um wait a minute oh that was last year i'm such an idiot i was like they played 81 games at home justin i'm so dumb <laughs> i was looking at last year <laughs> they play they have 34 left at home so uh do the rockies so in fact 34 I mean home and away so it's dead even split right now for the rockies Here's the thing. This is a guy who, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let's even give him a like a modicum of health, right? Like, let's say mm -hmm. injury aside, I'm not worried about injury, right? Okay. Like, okay. Ne necessary. Like, I'm not worrying about him like getting injured and missing more time. What I am worried about is he is a one-dimensional player, even yes. when healthy, right? Like he yes. he offers zero speed at all, right? He mm -hmm. is batting average and some power. Um. He's coming off of a shoulder injury, which tends yep. to sap power to begin with. So even if he's playing and quote unquote healthy, it may take him a while to redevelop that power anyways. So now you're banking on a guy who's like, what, like a career 260 something hitter, uh, yep. a career 266 hitter, like empty batting average at 266. But like, if I want empty batting average, like I want 280 plus. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You need more I if just, you get nothing else. Like, I understand, like, you know, there will be people who, like, oh, I'm picking it. He plays in Colorado, like, you know, and, you know, he he's going to play every day once he's back. Like, I don't know that there's enough fantasy juice, especially in a shortened season, con you know, uh, concept. Sure. Where, like, like, we talk about this all the time. Like, how much can this guy move the needle at this point in the season? I don't think he moves mm -hmm. it much in any format. Outside of NL. Up, that's fair. We pick up worse. For, for week long Rocky stints. So I would just say to that respect. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll look at him. But if he creates a frenzy 
where he comes up to the majors on a Monday. So he wasn't pick upable, you know, it wasn't rosterable in NFBC until that following Sunday. And he pops off. So the bids are going high. No shot I would go for Brendan Rodgers. Especially if, if he hits like under three the radar. home runs in yeah, yeah, Colorado that's what I'm Springs. Saying. Like I know he's going to Spokane, which isn't necessarily. But he's like, going to go all the way up in a bunch of their places. Yeah, he's going to hit Colorado apparently. Springs and like Albuquerque or something like that. And all of a sudden he's got seven home runs in, you know, 10 days. Yeah. Like, like, I'm not, no, like, um, for me, like I have no problem. Like if I reel a hole, you know, maybe I do need some batting average, like Babbitt increased batting average in Colorado. Maybe he can hit 300, you know, for a month. And like that really helps, but, but, but only if he comes with no fanfare, if Brendan Rogers juices his hype to where he becomes an event bid in NFBC, let everyone else blow their money. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Zach Neto returning because he, he got returned off the IL right when we got back from the all-star break, which was great. Maybe a little bit ahead of schedule. Feel like he was kind of getting into a little bit of a groove right before he went out with the injury, but he was up on a bunch of waiver wires. I ended up picking him up. I'm kind of intrigued by this guy. It hasn't been much since we've seen him, but like, He's better than a Brendan Rodgers. You know, 246 average, seven homers, five steals, and 220 plate appearances. I know Trout's out, but there's still vi- there's still viability in this lineup that I want to be a part of where I can. And he's leading off since returning all four days, playing against righties and lefties. Are you interested in a pickup of Zach Neto right now? And if so, what formats? Um, yeah, I think 12s and 15s for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I It was a real rough start to his career. I think he was a little bit overmatched. It was a pretty big jump from double A, you know, only what, like, it was like 170 plate appearances between two seasons of double A. So, like, and like he was just drafted like a minute ago. Um, So, uh, but you, right before the injury, right before the oblique injury, you started to see him really figure things out. And, Mm I was starting to go, oh, okay, now I see, like, you know, the James Anderson, Jared Lagerhagen's, Matt Thompson's of the world, like, like what they were talking about in terms of, like, you know, liking him even though he was, you know, kind of rushed through the minor leagues. Exactly. I think he's going to be really good. I don't think, I don't think he's going to be, like, a league winner necessarily, but I think he's going to be a really good shortstop in a year where shortstop has been kind of hard to, you know, figure out uh, for a lot of people, so... Uh, yeah, I, I think Neto should be rostered definitely in every 15 and probably most 12s, if not all 12s. A lot of 12s. There should be an A team out there. It's that classic, mm-hmm. maybe not your yep. team if you're set, but take a look. Jose Quintana getting activated for the Mets. He's going to be available for bid because he didn't start the year, again, in NFBC because nobody would have been drafting him. Going to have wide availability. Coming off that huge season that he had last year, probably a bit forgotten. Are you interested in Jose Quintana? You've talked throughout the year about how difficult it is to find uh, bankable arms off of the wire. Does Quintana get you going at all after last year's quality work? Especially at 15, I think it does, right? I mean, like, he, it's still a good park to pitch in. Like, I know the team has been disappointing, but, like, that team should be better. I might say it's about too many teams, apparently. Um, But, like, it should be better. Um, Like, I, I don't. I think he's probably like a team streamer in tens and twelves, but like in fifteens, where like I'm going to the waiver wire and I'm fighting over Daniel Lynch, um, like you know, in team leagues like that, like 
I just, I, I mean, I, I picked uh, in Tower Wars, like, you know, especially because it has unlimited IL. Like, there's nothing available. Like, I, I fucking th- regretted throwing money at Yen or Cano uh, this week. <laughs> like, just to have a fucking body. So, just need yeah, an arm there. I, I think you could do much worse than, like, he's not one of those guys. I know he had a really, really bad 2021, but I, I you know, and, um, and he struggled a few years, you know, a couple years before that, too. But, like, he was really good last year. I'm not expecting him to be really good. I'm expecting him to be, like, a 3-9 ERA kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you pick the matchups, and um, he's not a must-start every week. But I think he should be rostered in, in most leagues, uh, or at least, at least most. I think he's rostered in every 15. I think he's probably, a, you know, in a lot of 12s. Team streamer viability in a lot of 12s and maybe a standard streamer in 10s for Jose Quintana. If the matchups align, he could be a pickup of the week. He's going up against the White Sox this week. Like, I don't have a problem. Doesn't bother me. I would take a shot there. Uh, Shane Bieber heads to the IL. You're not cutting him anywhere, are you? Oh, no. I don't think you can cut him. Like, I I, either. I know a lot of people don't like him, though. So I was just checking. And I'm one of them that doesn't like him, right? Like, but. Like I don't think you can cut him. Like I, I, I do think you should have listened to me when I said sell him. But, um, like I don't Easy, know. I don't easier said than done on trading, though, to just yeah, sell somebody. But three seventy seven ERA, one twenty five WHIP. It hasn't been quote unquote Shane Bieber, but too good to cut. The else isn't the reason you're losing your league either. Precisely. So, like don't exactly. be don't be the person's all like sending. I hate when people do shit. that. Like you know, like this guy like, lost me my league. No. Alec Bieber. Manoa lost your league. That's a league loser. But even Shane, that, like, I drafted Alec Manoa in TGFBI, and I'm, like, third yeah, in my like, league. And like, No single player should really kill your team unless mm-hmm. on the very last day of the season, if you needed them to do X, they did Y. You could say that was a team loser. But for the most part, we overrate those. Same with the league winner, by the way. We, we overrate yeah. people on, on that as well. But, yeah, hold Bieber. I, I just want to check with Justin on that because, again, he is an anti uh, a Bieber fan there, a believer. Let's go three up, three down. Let's talk some breakout potential players here in the second half. I want to start with your first guy because I love him. I was in. I'm still in, but I'm a little bit mad right now because I benched him for the week uh, facing the Cubs, and he went out and hit a homer every single day, um, <laughs> including a pinch hit one. He avoided the lefties, so he didn't do anything against the lefties, but Tristan Casas ended up hitting three homers over the weekend, so he's getting going. You like him for a big second half. What do you see? Uh, I see real improvements in his approach at the plate, his ability to make contact in the zone, and his not swinging outside of the zone. Um, and those are what, like, a guy like Casas, he doesn't need to be, like, 88 or 90% zone contact. But if he's league average, if he is just 85% zone contact – and not swing outside of the zone, you know, 35, 40% of the time, then you really have some because he's got 80 grade power, right? Like yep. if he's making league average contact in the zone with, you know, 80 grade power, like that's a guy who in a full season can hit 40 plus home runs. Um, and in a half season, like we have right now, he could hit 20. Um, For sure could. Casas could absolutely rip 20 from here forward. And what he's been doing over the last two months is hitting league average zone contact and not swinging out of the zone too much um, and doing everything you want to see from a guy who is a former top 50, top 40 prospect in baseball. Um, and so 
I think you know, I wrote about him a week or so ago. Um, and, and I said, like, this is the time to buy. He had three home runs. It may now be too late, but yep. maybe you still can. Um, Won't because, be easy, yeah, like, he, I think there's a legitimate chance this guy shoves 22nd half home runs. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a guy that took you from middle of the pack in homers to the top of the pack, and you're pretty happy. I hope I hope he does that for me. By the way, I should point out it was two righties and a lefty, uh, Steele, Hendricks, and Stroman. But I was like, okay, there's a lefty. Stroman's two really good. good pitchers in there. Like, that's I the mean, thing. And, and, and Hendricks is pitching well, so that's why yeah. I sat him. I'm just justifying what, what I did, but I just want to be clear that I gave in, incorrect data at first. I thought it was two lefties. And Who did you start over him? Um, Spencer Steer, CJ Krohn. Oh, at yeah, first, I can't. At first in yeah. corner. Okay. So, yeah, um, and at who's Utah, your Utah? Util, Newbar. I mean, actually, no, no, Newbar's not my worst guy. Put him in outfield. Uh, Nick Prado, so another corner outfielder. I, so, I think that's defensible. Like I that's... think Prado had a better a better setup for the weekend. I don't know if he did a damn thing, but that's what I chose between Prado and Casas. So. It still always hurts to see that on your bench. Yeah, oh, it's so painful. Especially like, when you're working your way back up. And like it was me with Raymond Flores. Guy who was. That's my yeah. guy. Like yeah. I, I, I was in on Casas. He was a must get at the draft table. I've been sticking with him. I sit him one time and he burns me. But uh, yeah, that's okay. it's the, the Rangers swore for me a few weeks ago. Where yes, I, like, exactly. Kept watching him throw gems on my bench. Yeah. Yes, and but I like Ranger Suarez's teammate. Nice segue there, Christopher Ooh. Sanchez. Interesting lefty. I was a little bummed that I didn't start him this week because I didn't know they had an earlier game, and I he was on my uh, fence about starting. And I wasn't sure if I was going to, but then he was doing well against Philly to start. I was like, oh, dang it. I, I really messed up. And then they got three runs off of him. And they're like, no, 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 don't worry. You, you didn't you didn't make a big error there. He goes five innings, three runs, five strikeouts and a walk. But I like the stuff that Sanchez has. I think there are elements here. He's not walking, guys. He's got a swing and miss changeup, which I really love on a prospect. Slider and fastball. Fastball is not great, uh, but decent enough from the left side. Gotta avoid the homers, and that's what got him against Philly. Or excuse me, against uh, the Padres. He's on Philly. He has a one-five homer nine. That's kind of the one issue here that bothers me a little bit. I wonder if he's trading walks, getting that control up for the home run issue. So command versus control. But there's elements here to be good. And so far in 30 innings, we've seen the 326 ERA, .99 whip out of Christopher Sanchez. I think it could be a second half gem for uh, 15 teamers as well as a team streamer and 12 team. What do you think of Christopher Sanchez, the lefty for the uh, Phillies? Yeah, sometimes when a guy kind of comes up out of nowhere, I don't pay enough attention to him quickly enough. I think this is one of those instances. Um, I wrote Sanchez up as a streaming pick, I think, for this week over on Fantasy Bros and for the Rotor Write-Up. Um, he gets to play the Brewers, been one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching. So, God, they've been um, so bad, dude. Though my streaming record been pretty abysmal uh, this summer uh, after a really hot start to the season. So, probably means he's going to get destroyed this week. Um, so, oh, yeah, I Philly apologize was, for that. Philly start was over the weekend, by the way, I should, I should mention. He is in my lineup this week. Sorry, continue on Christopher Sanchez. So, yeah, so you're probably going to get destroyed. Um, Please no. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, but no, I I like it. And, um, you know, the question is, like, do the Phillies add someone at the deadline? Yeah. Is Andrew Painter uh, coming back at some point? But I think Sanchez has done enough where he should be able to stick in the rotation, even if they were to add someone. Um, 
Who do you think would go out, though? Because Walker and your boy Ranger Suarez have been doing well. So maybe he is susceptible from that end. And that's a good point that I didn't think of, that they could add somebody to oust uh, Sanchez. But wouldn't they be better off maybe adding either a bat or a bullpen piece? I mean, Sanchez would be a bullpen piece, too. Yeah. Well, they've got three lefties in that bullpen already. Yes, that's a good point. They've got other other needs. Maybe they would address over starting pitching, especially because there's going to be a lot of teams looking for starting pitching. And do they yes. want to? If the they don't have that high. need, like, do they want to pay that those prices? So, That's a great call. I think that um, gives me the most certainty with Sanchez. Yeah. The most confidence is that. I think the, the I think question is like if Andrew Painter does get healthy, which I don't think he's going to. Like, what would that? Maybe they would use Painter in the bullpen. Like, why That's would what they you, should do? Yeah. If Painter gets healthy enough to pitch, let him be a two-inning guy down the stretch as, as like a stud bridge. I think that would be the right move there. But not we'll to see. mention, like, injuries always – I mean, Wheeler's not been yeah. the healthiest of guys. Suarez has had injury issues. Walker's had his issues. Walker's never been able to stay healthy. Um, so, like, I think Sanchez is in the rotation. I think he is a probably a team streamer in 12s. And, um, like, if he's still available in your 15s, which he was coming into this week – Um, in some like he should be on rosters fully agree with that and i I scooped him i'm happy to have christopher sanchez on the team let's stay at first base head back to your second guy in fact we put a lot of first basemen on these uh on these upward (laughs) guys but matt mervis a guy that we like is this a february episode matt mervis being recommended well no Um, no october episode yeah yeah that's true that's true by february he had been blocked yeah yeah that's a great point this is a november episode the cubs are not the Cubs are sellers, and yes, they multiple are. teams have already checked in on Cody Bellinger, and I think Cody Bellinger is what is blocking uh, Matt Mervis from coming back up uh, and you know being an everyday first baseman. I think when he comes back up, like I think he's up for good. And so if Gotta you were right. like me and many other people in the industry and were high on Matt Mervis back in October and November, then now's the time because in two weeks' time, Cody Bellinger is not going to be on this team, and Matt Mervis should be. Uh, and that's two months of a guy who we thought could be a top 150 player in fantasy this year. Yep. Um, so if, if that close. registers in your league, like go grab him now and stash him or grab him next week and stash him because I, I think that opening is coming really, really quickly. That's a good call. I like it. We're still bought in. Yes, he has been a flop relative to the excitement that we had for Matt Mervis coming into the year, but we're not going to quit a guy after 99 plate appearances. It's just not something that we're going to do if we believed in the guy that much. So I'm with you. I co-signed that Matt Mervis, and I like the idea of scooping. Now, if you can hold, if you can hold, don't waste the spot that you need, but if you have that luxury, take him now, mm-hmm. park him, and then when there's a big frenzy for him, you've already got him for two yeah. games or something. Uh, staying at first base, one more, but this guy has first base outfield, but Ryan O'Hearn, I was mentioning that this was a throwback episode for you to be recommending Mervis. Yeah. What is this, a five-year-ago episode for mm-hmm. me to be recommending Ryan O'Hearn? You just don't Man, quit on this guy, huh? I don't, dude. I bought in in 2018 when he had a nice little uh, th- third of a season there where he put up a 153 WRC plus with 12 homers. Since then, I think you can add his WRC plus totals and they don't equal that high, but he put up a 68 WRC plus from 19 to 22 this year it's up to 136 with seven homers 
in Baltimore. 304 average, strikeout rate is cut, swinging strike rate's down about two points. The walk rate's down too, but maybe he's being more aggressive and, and finding results there with Matt, with Ryan O'Hearn, not Matt Mervis. And I, I just, I like what he's doing here. He's on the proper batting side to not get punished in Camden, being a left-hander. And I think they're going to find playing time for him. And so I think he could be an interesting deeply plate. Plus he has that first base outfield capability. So while he doesn't, uh, he, he does get occasional outs against lefties. He doesn't sit against every single one and he bats fourth against righties. So I like Ryan O'Hearn in Baltimore as an interesting deeper league pickup. What do you think? I think this is really interesting. So he's making less contact in the zone, but he's overcompensated or he's, he's compensating on that by just swinging more inside the zone. His, his okay. swinger in the zone is up to 72 per. 72.7%, um, which is a lot. It is a high in-zone swing rate. Um, but it's not coming at the cost of a ton of strikeouts or no. um, a ton of swing miss. I think the strikeouts probably do trend upwards here at some point, but not to like an egregious level. I think the question becomes, what do the Orioles do at the deadline? Like, yeah. The Orioles have... Um, a really exciting young team. Um, and they're only like, what, a game out or so? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, one they're, game they're out literally right one now game out of the division. Now, you don't think he's going to lose playing time, though, right? Because why would they acquire offense? I don't know what they're going to acquire. Like, what I really, like, I would think they acquire pitching, um, starting pitching. Um, but like, they have so much talent already on this. Roster, I like, think they could trade some of it to secure O'Hearn. Like a Ryan Mountcastle could go for an arm, right? And what kind of value does Mountcastle have on the market, though? Is um, with a with a lesser team, a twenty six year old who was uh, you know thirty homer hitter two years ago. I mean, he, his stock yeah. is down. You know, he's gone down every year since he's been in the majors. I don't know if they're going to push. Like they're not going to trade you get, Jordan West. Could you get like a Jack Flaherty? For Mountcastle, like, I mean, is that a kind of deal? Of control for a red, but like, I then where? Like, I mean, where does Mountcastle fit in in St. Louis? He doesn't fit with them. Oh, I think yeah. that would work better on a different team, a Flaherty type substance for a team that can use a hitter. I mean, we have to go back to the Marlins. <laughs> Who are they playing? But the Marlins, the Mar, the Garrett Cooper, like, yeah. I mean, Mountcastle and Cooper, like, he's not that different from those. Yeah, guys. like, I mean. That's the hard part is everybody needs pitching. No one needs corner bats. Like, yeah, that's like, the thing. Is, so maybe yeah, that's no, not. Like, but bottom line is I don't think O'Hearn is going to be blasted by the deadline in any tangible way. I think it's, he should still be there with his strong side platoon available at the very least. Like if he loses more of the playing time against lefties for O'Hearn, okay. But I'd be surprised if they found a way to kneecap him when he has an 894 OPS against righties and there's some viability to it. Like I, I'm, I'm just trying to like figure out what team that has a little bit of pitching could even use like a Ryan Mountcastle, right? Like I, and it's I, it's hard to figure. Like I don't, I don't see it. Um, it is really hard to figure. Could the Cubs trade someone and block Mervis again? Bro, that would be so- <laughs> Hendricks for Mountcastle. No, I don't think they would do that, but. Frick with that. Jameson tie on for Mountcastle. Like, oh my God. Tie on back to the Yankees. That would be. Hilarious. Well, to the Orioles. But or yeah. The, um, yeah. Sorry. 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 I was thinking. I don't know why I was um, thinking. Yankees. 
Um, but yeah, that I think O'Hearn will be safe. So I'm not as worried about that. Um, I am interested to see what the Orioles do, though, because they're full contenders. They're, they're fully in this. I don't think they need to go out and get much, though. The team's very good. Let's talk really about one starter. They just need one starter. And, and I like, think they should go for maybe like more, some bullpen. I think they should go for more of a high impact one as opposed to just like a do like a, a run of the mill. Get Jordan Montgomery or that Lucas Giolito nice. or like um maybe trade Kowser for one of those guys. Sure. Kowser for Giolito. Yeah. I mean is Giolito would, a rental or is he a year plus? I think Giolito is a rental. Free agent twenty twenty four, so he's a rental. Yeah. Like but I still I still think Kowser might I think somebody Kowser. somebody wrote an article about Otani. Stop it! But Moving like, on. I don't, I don't think anybody's gonna give up. No, what? You're gonna, like, you're gonna be asked to give up way too much, which I understand from LA standpoint, and for a rental, I just don't think it's gonna be worth it. Yeah, I, like, ju- I, just, I just don't think it's gonna be worth it. Let's move on to your next guy, because I think you're anticipating some trade situations here yeah. in Kansas City. They've already moved Aroldis Chapman. Could they move Scott Barlow and clear the path for a guy I used to like as a starter? Me too. I should have realized how bad he was as a starter. But as a reliever, Carlos Hernandez back on the landscape. 46 and two-third innings with a 29% K rate, 7% walk, and 15% swing strike. So very backable, very believable strikeout rate here. He's throwing 99, 386 ERA, 101 whip. This looks like there's some legitimacy. And like I said, you're anticipating, by including him here, I imagine you're anticipating a Barlow departure. Yeah. Talk to me about Carlos Hernandez. Yeah, I just think i mean barlow has been a constant name in trade rumors for like 12 years yeah for like at least the last two or three seasons um i just wonder if like we saw uh kansas city trade a role to chapman already they should try and trade barlow has another year of, of control Absolutely. they should if he's 30 he's gonna be 31 at the end of the year like they should try to trade him now um and get because, like I said, the prices on starting pitching and relief pitching are going to be really high, mm-hmm. um, and there are a number of teams that could use like a like. Could you imagine him as the Dodgers closer? Like, I mean, I could like, totally see it, but I don't want it as an Evan Phillips guy. But yes, yeah, but I mean, there's going to be a team that like you know there are a number of teams that are looking for you know a a, a legit closer and. Barlow can be that guy, and if he is moved, then I think Carlos Hernandez is the only guy in the pen that I care about. Like, I, I just totally I, agree with that. I look at the rest of this pen, and I go, like, again, we could play congressman or a hundred percent. You know, we, like we would fool everybody. Jose Cuis, congressman. Oh, dude, no, he's getting, or, he's getting a lot. No, he's getting a lot of things done in Arizona in that one mm-hmm. district over there. He's been really. You know, Taylor Clark might be of the second district in Vermont. Like, like I mean, I think he got ousted though. He's up for re-election, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, because he 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 didn't take his campaign seriously. And Dylan Coleman is for sure from Tennessee. Like, I just think that it's the Coleman family. It's it's yeah. lineage there. Mm-hmm. He basically has granted it. He's a we got to play that game again. Though. We do. We really do because you know what we should do? We should we should season. we should get Ellen Adair on and have her talk about the actor strike. Give them some love, and uh, she's not doing anything right now, right? Um, we can play play a little, talk about some Phillies, and uh, and play a little bit of congressman or uh, you know relief pitcher. This is one of your better ideas. I absolutely yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. I also love the Carlos Hernandez scoop. Um, for my last one, 
I'm debating if I want to change or stick with the guy I have listed. I like the guy I have listed, which is Geraldo Perdomo. I'll give you the name. I don't know if I fully believe I'm going to surge. Yeah, I'm, here's the thing. I'm going to argue, even though I like Geraldo uh, Perdomo, I'm going to argue he's not going to. Because I think the I think the Diamondbacks can bring someone in, or they bring someone up. We already talked about Jordan Lawler. Jordan Lawler uh, that could take away Perdomo's playing time. So give me a different guy. So I, I think I will pivot because yeah, as much as I do like him, uh, I am nervous. You know what? I might go a little bit bigger name here. I think Willie Adamas can pop off. Oh, he gets love going. this. He gets going, man. Mm-hmm. And it's been a bit up and down. You know, he's, the batting average is 212. That's terrible. But 16 homers, power's still there. And again, when he gets dialed in, he really dials in. I just don't believe in him as a 210 type hitter. You know, he didn't hit that low when he struggled in Tampa Bay and he couldn't see very well. 236 Babip. I, I, you know how I don't just play Babip and say, that's it. That's all. That is a big reason for this. Now he isn't striking the ball as well over the entire season, and he is a fly ball guy, Willie Adamas. But I think we're going to see a surge from him where that BABIP goes up, even if it's more in line with last year's 278 as opposed to Willie Adamas's 312 career BABIP. All we need is like a 240 average, and I'll take that all day. I think it can hit 15 homers down the stretch. So I'll pivot to Willie Adamas. I always love that park as well, um, and I think that he'll be – free and clear rest rest of the season to pop off. And would you believe, Justin, that Willie Adamas is available in, in probably more 12s than you think? Oh, okay. Lot, lot he of shouldn't tens. be. And I, I agree. 79% at Yahoo, so that's not terrible. But even 21% available, I think it should be closer to like 98% roster. I, I still fully yeah, believe in Adamas. I, absolutely. Um, he's been one of the unlucky hitters in baseball this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, his 212 uh, batting average uh, has got a 244 XBA. If he had a two, .244 average right now, we wouldn't be talking about him. 100% roster um, at that point. His X-slug is 463 compared to his slug of 411. He's oh, making man. the best zone contact of his career, and he has the highest barrel rate of his career. A guy, I mean, a guy who's but like – Your cosine you know, is perfect here. Yeah, Thank like, you. Like, I mean, like, there is nothing wrong really with Willie Adamez, uh, and I think that he is – um, a perfect, like, I think too often when we, and I, I write a weekly buy low article mm-hmm. um, over at Fantasy Pros, um, and so I fall victim to this, but when we talk about buy lows, we're always looking for the guy who's really, really low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the, in the tank, just trash, as opposed yeah, to somebody just, who's just like, he's been all right. Yeah, like, and I think um, we do what I talked about with uh, Patrick Davitt um, on the Baseball HQ podcast a few weeks ago. Which is buy a little bit lower. You're not buying low. You're just buying a little bit lower. If I can get a guy who can produce twenty five dollars worth of value, and I can purchase him for thirteen dollars worth of value, that's a big profit. That's way better than buying the guy who's you know one you know one worth one dollar that's going to make five or make yeah, seven. Exactly. Give exactly. me the guy who's going to make you know you know a lot more value but you just may have to pay a little bit more for that and adamas is just not going to charge cost you a lot in the market he's the Mm -hmm. 18th shortstop because of that batting average and people get scared by batting averages so i guarantee the price will be lower go get yourself some Willie adamas i'm glad i pivoted there let's go to three down and listen you already gave one a little bit with the reds hitters but you do have three individual hitter players Mm -hmm. as well 
Don't let anybody say you're too much of a Brandon Marsh fan and you won't be critical of him when it's necessary. He's your number one down guy right now. I have to imagine it has a little something to do with his 9-12 Babbitt. But talk yeah. to us about Brandon Marsh. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking about as dumb as being like one of the unluckiest players in baseball, as much as I love what Brandon Marsh has done for me this year, he has been the luckiest player in baseball. He's got a 4-0-2 Babbitt, um, which is just totally bringing up that batting average. His XBA is 222. His batting average is 280. Like, Oh my God. Like he should like, he, he's getting extremely lucky. Um, okay, let, let me, let me ask one thing real quick though. On, on mm-hmm. Brandon Marsh. Yes. That, that is through the roof, but how much credence is there to his participation in it with a 10 absolutely jump in hard hit rate? Like, right. He's smoking the ball more. It's, it's that... not even the hard – I mean, the hard hit rate definitely helps. But what it is um, is he's hitting the ball on the ground, which we've talked about. Like, it is easier to hit the ball hard on the ground like Yandy Diaz, Absolutely. right, for years. Like, oh, yeah. he's hitting the ball super hard. He just needs to lift the launch angle. It's not just easy to lift the launch – Yeah, it's not easy to lift the launch angle and keep, like, the ball going hard. But what he is doing is he's gone from a guy who last season – at an 81% zone contact rate to a guy who now has an 87.5% zone contact rate. Like, it's a huge jump, you know, and when 85% is around league average, like, you've gone from being a well below average to an above average zone contact guy. He also stopped swinging outside the zone. He's dropped his O-swing percentage 5% this year. So while I do think he's going to regress, I think there's going to be some regression. Um, you you I think Marsh is terrible. I don't think he's terrible, and I think his defense keeps him in the lineup either That's way, true right? Too. Um, I, I said, uh, I think it was with Patrick uh, when I was on the baseball HQ. I tend to want to bet on guys who are lucky that are making their own luck, right? They're g- yes. he's giving himself the opportunity to, to get lucky, and I'd rather like you know, as opposed to the guy we're going to talk about here, who I also love that we're going to uh, rag on. Oh. Um, like I, I was surprised you showed up when I put him on the list. I was very angry when you put him on the list, um, but I understand why, and we're going to talk about why I, you know, I tend to lean towards you as well. Um, Marsh is giving him the himself the opportunity to get lucky, whereas mm-hmm. Jared Kelnick, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, um, is not giving himself the opportunity. It's a great way to put it, and I like that. And so I respect your take on Marsh. You're not even saying necessarily totally get rid of him, but maybe make some contingency plans on batting average because his could go way down. And if you continue to play him because you can use the counting categories, just know that you're probably going to get closer to like a 250 average the rest of the way Mm -hmm. and could even get worse if he runs into a bad luck streak of batting. Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about Bryce Elder. And I hate to be the wet blanket here on one of the fun, most fun breakouts of the first half and you know he's a longhorn as well so hook him horns but come on justin i can't look at an 82 percent left on base rate and and 273 babbitt and say this is going to hold now he did 54 innings of this last year too this is now 160 innings of an 81 percent left on base and a 271 babbitt for elder on some level if he's going to keep doing it we're going to end up with him as one of these guys your giants had these type of guys in fact they still do logan webb maybe does a little bit of this where they do enough pitching that they can beat their component numbers because he doesn't have a gaudy strikeout rate. He doesn't even have a great walk rate. 8% is fine for Elder. But it's a 297 ERA. I think being a quality sub-3 ERA pitcher on the best team in baseball can get you something in the market. So I do think you can actually sell high here. So I am going to recommend that on 
Uh, Bryce Elder, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't know how high you can sell him because everybody's been screaming from the rooftops for months to sell Bryce Elder, and he keeps kind of doing what he's doing. Um, so you don't think there'll be Bryce, somebody who would buy, though? Yeah. You remember, like, we were talking about, like, you know, everybody, somebody in the organization, like, hates Von Grisham. Like, um, Bryce Elder is the reason why, like, Von Grisham's not in the majors. Like, Bryce Elder is giving half of his money to whoever in the front office that, you know, keep, you know keeps uh, Von Grisham down. Oh, because of the because defense. The defense. Like, he's so reliant on that really good defense in uh in atlanta i mean he's got like an almost 60 percent ground ball rate he gives up 88 almost 89 percent zone contact mm-hmm. uh like that's like an obscene amount like especially for his babbit to be as low as it is like there's there's got to be regression the question is to what yes i think he's probably a four era pitcher wrestler. yep um that's kind of where i'm at you know like so if you can if if that isn't viable in your league, like especially if you're in a ten or a twelve, and like you look at guys with four ERAs and go, oh, I don't know that I want them on my roster or anywhere near my roster. Like, yes, for sure, try to get something for them. The hard part is like I'm I'm in a dynasty league where, and it's not even me where I had you know I had a different guy that I was trying to sell. I can't remember who it was, but somebody in my league has been trying to sell Bryce Elder all fucking year. Really, and nobody will take. Okay, so maybe like, maybe no one is interested in. And that's I mean that. that's a fourteen team league. Yeah, like, if you can't sell him in that kind of league, like, like nobody will buy him um, because okay. I think I think most people if if you're in tune at all, like you've you've seen four or five articles this year Absolutely. and heard four or five podcasts where someone has told you to sell Bryce Elder. No, I think um, that's and, fair. That's fair. So. So, okay, Bryce Elder, that's, you know, I'm down on him. And if you can't even sell him, then you just have to write it out. And here's write it out and hope. At least you're going to get wins because Atlanta's so good. Like Exactly. And you can write it out, right? Because you don't have to get rid of him at the first sign of trouble. You can just turn Bryce Elder into a bit more of a team streamer if things really go off the rails. But don't forget what you paid for a guy like this. And don't think, oh, my God, I have to get out from under this because it's killing me. You can just change how you view him if things start to go south for for Bryce Elder. So yeah, I'm I'm totally fine not uh, not worrying too much about uh, having to sell him if no one in my league is buying. Um, so let's talk about your second guy now, and this one, it's Bryce it's, Elderian. It's so, literally just if you want, you can just rewind about two it, minutes. It, it really and- is. To- but I love yeah. Dane Dunning, dude. So I, I have to too. I have to pretend to be mad at you for this. But I mean, it's the exact same thing with less really strikeouts. Yeah, like, no, it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, he just he he has an eighty nine percent zone contact. He makes no sense. Like, I mean, I I I don't know how he's been doing, especially because like he doesn't even have as big of a ground ball rate as Bryce nope. Elder, like. None of it makes sense. As much as I've loved Dean Dunning in the past, like uh, anything you get for him, get for it. Because like, there's got to be regression coming. And I think he is one of those guys that can completely fall apart. Like his X ERA is four seventy three. I think like he's he, better than that. But like, he, here's the thing: if he pitched like that, Dane Dunning, if he was a four seventy three, like that's not as bad as we think in real life. So it'd still be something where he's, he's viable. He's, I think he's definitely life. one of these guys that is going to out per pitch his peripherals. Me like, too. He's not, I agree. Like, uh, but but nine like, percent strikeout minus walk is so bad. 
Yeah, like it's like that's it, so hard to trust. And like, I mean, I think at best he's like a mid to high threes. I think so. Like guy. Um, and at worst, he is a 450 pitcher. Like, I mean, yep. last year he was a 446. No, I, yeah, guy, so. I, I think upper fours is a, is a risk with Dane Dunning. But you're, um, you're, you're talking about a guy who's got, you know, a 263 Babbitt when he's a career 302 guy and a 6.9% home run to five ball rate, which is nice, but it not is sustainable. Nice. But it's also, yeah, not at all sustainable. I think that's totally fair with Dane Dunning. Like I said, as much as I want to push back on you, I have to be realistic and understand that you're really not out of pocket for putting him on a list like this. My next guy is indeed speaking of out of pocket, Jared Kalnick. Yeah, we both put a player we're fans. The other's a fan of on here. Um, You know, I'm not going to try to gloat in your face about anything. I want Kelnick to be successful, but we are showing, we are seeing that the early part of the season with the strikeout improvement was maybe just a hot run because he's all the way back back up to 32, 33% strikeout rate with a 14% swinging strike rate. WRC plus is down to 113. The composite numbers say you should still be playing him, but if you do the very, uh, disappointing from May 1st on, you're going to be wondering, should I have even been playing Kelnick at this point, or did I trust too much of what he did in that April? In April, he put up a 982 OPS from May 1st on. So that's going to be 62 games, 679 with four homers and seven steals, which is only a 10 homer, 18 steal pace. Does Kelnick even need to be rostered in 10s and 12s right now, let alone started? I'm not even trying to be hyperbolic. I mean, I did drop him in our 12-team Yahoo league you that did? we've got for the sleeper in the bus. So, um, oh, man. Um, I know. I know. It sucks. I will he say sucks. he's hitting 417 in the second half. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Right, and he's already got, he's got a stolen base, stole base, too. He's popping um, off. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to sort from. Let's, let's go from June June was a really bad month for him. Like June, had, like, yeah, there was still like, some goodness in May. June is when Kalnick was really like, oh god, pumpkin. If though. you, yeah, if you add June and July, he's got an almost fifteen percent swing strike rate. His own contact is at eighty percent, um, which is not good at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, swing outside the zone, not a tremendous amount. Where I'm like super worried about. It. I think this is going to be kind of who he kind of is. Is he's going to have really hot months he's gonna have really cold months um and i think he is gonna be really frustrating and so i understand dropping him in 10s and 12s um i like i said i did in that that 112 i've got other 12s where i still have him um and i think it's really like it's really dependent on the rest of your roster construction like if you have a bunch of volatile guys that makes him really difficult right if you you know to, to continue to roster um, you know, would you rather have him or a guy like, I don't know, Alex Call or um, like I, I can understand making the argument to go a different direction. Yeah, if you take the names off, uh, Kelnick wouldn't be rostered in anywhere near the amount of leagues that he is yeah. at 56% at Yahoo. All right, your last guy on this list here is one that I understand. In fact, we've already talked about him a bit too. Jake Jack Flaherty. I want to love him. Because he's been good before, and I really enjoyed peak Jack Flaherty. But I see a 429 ERA and a 153 whip, Justin. And I think people are letting that, letting themselves get bludgeoned by this whip 
way too often. He does have three straight quality starts, but at what cost, folks? Uh, that cost would actually be a 123 whip, which is that on its face isn't terrible, but when it's paired with a 145 ERA, that whip is far too high to sustain such a low ERA. I just worry about Jack Flaherty, and also do you think he gets traded? So talk to us about fading and, Jack Flaherty. So, I mean, here's the thing. Flaherty is the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of pitching, mm -hmm. right? He has got pretty much half of his starts. He's got 18 starts and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 of his starts, he has walked two or less. Okay. However, what about in, the others? In the other ones, he's got he's got five starts where he's walked five or more. Jesus. <laughs> so this is this is a volatility thing. So how much room do you allow for Flaherty to maybe be on the other side of this where you could say, you know what, I ended up being dead wrong. He made a mechanical change and he took off. Do you, do you see that as in the in the cards potentially, no pun intended? If he makes a change, like we don't know what the change is. It's nebulous, right? We have no idea. But this inconsistency, does that give you any hope that he could flip for Flaherty? It does, but it also, like, the same amount of hope that he could flip the right way means the same amount of hope he could flip means he could the wrong crash way. and walk and he five. Is, he is going to get traded at the deadline. Has to, right? Um, yeah, they're done. Free agent, they're done. Um, they don't have a single, all five of their starting pitchers are for, pending free agents, I think. Yep. Um, like they need for them because that's the reason yeah. they suck. Yeah, exactly. Um, what stadiums could he go to that would be better for him than Bush? Better? Or I'm not even sure this there are many. many. Baltimore? I, I, think, I think it'd be nice in Baltimore. I think it'd be nice in Tampa Bay. Well, are they going to, like, are either of those teams going to trade for him? Like, what if he ends up in the Dodgers, which has been like the third or fourth worst stadium for home runs for, you know. I'm always going to be interested, though. I'm sorry. In, in prior, <laughs> I trust. And it didn't work with my boy Thor. And it might yeah. not work with Flaherty. But if you don't think I would be interested in bidding on Flaherty at, with the Dodgers, and I mean, of, of course I would. It goes without saying. I, I know, mean, but I, he could really destroy you because he is. No, I know he, he's like given up. Le he, his homer per nine rate is point six. Like, like homers have not been an issue. He ends so up in a then he goes, he's going to give up home runs on top of these walks. With the walks, like, and then like he's really disastrous. No, like, that's that's know? very so, scary. You're not wrong. And so, like, I don't even know. Like, like again, like you know, we just talked about like with sell, you know, or buying low. Like sometimes you're buying lower. Like yeah. you're not really selling high on Jack Flaherty, but you sell a little higher than maybe he could be. Then, then a bottom hard. out, yeah. And, and like, maybe unfortunately for me, I've got him in a number of spots where it's a no trading league, and I'm just praying he ends up in Baltimore, you know, or praying he ends Baltimore up in Baltimore. Be Texas, fun. That Baltimore praying, one. Yeah, praying Texas he ends up in Tampa good. Bay. Tampa Bay just trade for both Montgomery and Flaherty right now. Would you even be um, surprised if they did that oh, trade? Like, please. Please do. Curtis like, Mead for both of them or something. And yeah. I know they, they don't need first base and saying, I don't even know what they need, but a prospect would be different than getting a major leaguer at outfield or first pitching. base. Pitching. They need pitching. They do need pitching, but, but Rays could give some prospect pitching. pitching. 
they could give some prospect pitching. I'm sure there's some appealing yeah. guys that that the team would take. I mean, you're not going to trade Taj, so you're going to have to j- jump deeper than that. Mason Montgomery and something, you know, I don't know. But there there could be some trades out there. But I agree with you. I'm being leery of Flaherty. I'm very leery of somebody walking that many guys uh, as as often as it happens for him. Uh, my last guy before we get out of here, Josh Naylor. Tough to be hating on a guy I like. I was big on him last year. He panned out beautifully. Dude is like an RBI machine. I don't buy it. He has 69 ribs on the air. He's 10 away from his entire total from last year. Only scored 37 runs because the team doesn't support him there. I just think he's cashing in his opportunities beautifully, and I respect that. But to keep up at that sort of rate is really, really hard to do when the offense isn't that great. Now, they've been better of late. So that's that's a positive for Josh Naylor. But I don't think that he can maintain being the number five first baseman, Justin. I don't know if you knew that, that Naylor's fifth among first base. I think he can be a top 20 guy the rest of the way, which will give him some 15-team viability, maybe some 12-team streaming ability here and there. But I'm trying to get out from under a potential RBI collapse here because he only has 13 homers, which is fine. And he does have a three-ton average, which is good. That's legitimately good. There are positives here with Naylor, but I think if I can cash him in in a deal where it's like a two-for-one and I consolidate my Naylor and a pitcher into Pete Alonzo or something, I would want to do that. Um, I, the pitcher would have to be pretty good to do that, I understand. But 13 homers, six steals, 69 ribs, 310 average. There's a lot of good there for Naylor. I'm nervous because the ribbies are driving so much. I actually believe in the power he's showing. I believe in the batting average to a degree. 332 at is pretty high, but I think he can be like a 280 hitter. I don't think the runs and ribbies are going to be there, so I would want to try to trade Josh Naylor. I think you're wrong. I mean, I I understand the premise, and I don't disagree with the premise, but I don't think he's a sell. I think, if anything, he's a hold or a buy. Um, If someone wanted to sell Josh Naylor because they think the RBIs are going to fall off, Fine, give me 15 home runs the rest of the way, five stolen bases, and a 300 batting average. Because everything he's doing is legitimate. He's got an over 90% zone contact from a power hitter that is insanely good. His mm-hmm. XBA is still above 300. Um, yes, he's definitely going to regress in the RBI department, but the rest of it's so good. I don't care. Like, I just like, he's not going to fall. I don't think he's going to fall off completely. Um, they'll still, you know, the Guardians always figure out ways to, like, make things work. They're playing a lot better of late. They're they're playing, like, a lot better. I want to be clear on that, uh, that the offense is going to be, you know what? I'm I'm going to 100% flip here. You sold me. Yeah, this is, I can't can't hate on a guy I've loved. I I was worried about the RBI thing so much that I kind of lost the forest for the trees because I didn't realize everything else is on point. You mentioned the six steals. He got six steals at first base. Yeah, I, I I don't want to be associated and, with this. I, and I honestly, be, like I don't be down think, on Naylor. I think you can buy high on him right now. I, think I don't you can think too. It, like I don't think anybody's looking at thirteen home runs and going, "Oh, this guy is like making my team." But like, unless they know everything. he's fifth at first, I I agree with you that you can yeah. buy. Like people aren't going to be trying to charge. I think you. people are going to try to sell high, and I don't think they should. I think I think you. I think this is a really good opportunity. To buy a guy, yeah, he's not gonna be the fifth first baseman rest of the way, but he's gonna be top ten, I think. Like, I think yeah, I don't like, want to co-sign. I don't want to co-sign being out on Naylor. And like, he's got legit seventy grade power in that bat. Like, he hasn't untapped it completely yet. But if he hit twenty rest of the way, I would not be surprised. I wouldn't either. And he's such a lunatic, and, and I say that in a positive yeah. way. I love his energy and his hype. and you a negative way. It can be negative. He stabbed the guy. He didn't he stab himself. 
No, he stabbed a teammate. He did? Yeah. I thought he stabbed himself by accident. Yeah, no, he's crazy. He stabbed, he stabbed a teammate. Well, then I don't want to be caught saying anything negative about him. No. Maybe well, should I take good this thing. part out of the podcast? Well, I, me as Michael J. Govier, I don't. That I will swear that I just I don't want to say anything bad about him. But if you need to come get anybody, my name's Michael J. Govier. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> I don't know why I throw Mike under the bus. That was the yeah, first right? fantasy, the best person in the community. I fucking throw under the bus immediately. No, uh, but and he lives in Detroit, which isn't that far, which from is Cleveland. relatively close. Oh like my god, could, no. You, you could have easily like picked like Alex Chamberlain and been like he's in Hawaii, like you know. Nigga ain't getting to Hawaii to yeah. go get to go get Chamberlain. No, no, no. Uh, but seriously, <laughs> I don't want to be thinking that I'm out on him. I, I'm staying in. I'm gonna go Isak Paredes real quick. Um, he's been fine, wow. and there is positives there. But I think you can actually sell high on him because Tampa Bay guys have a higher price in the market. Everyone wants Tampa Bay guys. You'll find somebody who's interested. I think you can sell high. This one isn't an aggro hate where I think he's going to melt, but a 140 OPS plus, I don't really believe that. I don't believe that he's this good. So, again, not selling Josh Naylor. I'm intrigued about selling high on Paredes. This is less of a flop and more of a cash in at a great moment because he has nine homers in his last 32 games. I think you could cash in big on Paredes. He's a triple eligible guy. Now, if you need his Swiss Army knife uh, play, don't get rid of him. But if you're riding high in offense and you need pitching, I bet you can get a legit arm for Isak Paredes right now. I think he's the pretty much the exact same um, uh, analysis that I did on Brandon Marsh. He's kind of like what... It is for Isak Paredes. He is, he's high contact, 91% zone contact. He Love that. Amazing. Power yeah. Power potential. But he's also getting extremely lucky. His XBA is 217. Um, like, as someone in my chat, like, asked me about him, and I said, like, at some point, the luck has to run out. I'm just, you for my that. own sake, I, because I've got Paredes on a bunch of teams, including ones where I'm doing really, really well. I'm really just hoping it, Runs out next year because like <laughs> yeah let let it let it last the rest <laughs> like, of this year he, he can let go it let it keep going because like but I, I do feel like he's he's put himself in the position to get lucky because he makes so much contact and, and has great plate skills yeah um, so but I this do, isn't a must sell I want to be clear here because I, I'm not saying you have to get rid of him this is a cash in where I think you can get a real premium for Isak Prentis I think you can go out and get somebody like. I don't know, uh, Tarek Skubal. And I think I'd be interested in something like that. Yeah, a Skubal-esque player. Like, so his his slugging is 502. His X-slug, 354. What? Like, he is, I mean, he is being one of the luckiest players in baseball. And like I said, he, just, he keeps it going. Like, I just, yeah, like, I mean. Keep it going. Because, because like, I mean. There are good elements here. There really are. And that's why I, I want to. just got a 6% barrel rate. Like, it's. Like, you know, like that's he only not has a twenty nine percent hard hit rate for Isak Paredes. Yeah, like wow. Yeah. So I'm selling I'm selling high on him. I really do think um, you know, his pull power, you remember we've talked about this with like uh Bregman and Altuve in the past, mm-hmm. and we thought maybe um Abreu could do that this year. He takes advantage of that, Paredes does. Like yeah. he, he rips it down the line. Fifty four percent pull. So he doesn't have like lengthy homers, but it gets the job done and he takes advantage of his park. They have a little jut out there too, where you can get a low line drive to be a homer. So again, this isn't, he's going to fall off the face of the earth, but if you need a big arm and I do think Scooble could be that big arm, I think maybe you could go out and get 
a Brian Bayo, a Freddie Peralta, maybe even get like a Brian Wu discussion going. I think you can get like a name, like a strong arm and sell Paredes. But I want yeah. to reiterate once more, I'm not out on Josh Naylor. You sold me completely. I was yeah. way over, way over the top there by just hating on his RBIs. But That's why anyway. I love having these discussions. Me too, because they make around. you reconsider yeah. things. Because I, I was just focused on the RBIs. You're like, he nails every other category, bro. You cannot do that. So I'm with that. But anyway, we got to get going. I have to pee very badly. I have the bladder of an ant. So once we get an hour and a half going, your boy. Uh, is and I'm sure trouble. my children have destroyed things at this point. The so. house is a mess. But Justin, yeah. thanks so much for making time on a Tuesday. We'll be back on Friday talking more uh, baseball stuff. And have a good rest of your week. Take it easy.